welcome again to Chino y Chicano. I'm Matt Chan, the Chino. I'm Enrique Cerna, the Chicano. Well, we just want to say happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there as uh, Mother's Day is celebrated. Our moms aren't around anymore, Matt. No. But they are still very much in our lives. I, I know that my mom is very much in my life as far as memories and spirit and all of those things. Let's talk a bit about your mom. Tell me you know, who she was. Well, my mom was, well, she passed 20 years ago. And I was calculating that this morning, thinking about it. She was a typical kind of 50s mom. You know, she had some part-time jobs. She worked, but she was really taking care of the family. It's interesting because moms had a way different role when we were growing up. Mm. You know, mothers and fathers had different roles. So her role was to be nurturing. And she was. And, you know, I think back about all the things she did for the family and what she did for me. And, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's only good stuff. And I, and I do regret, you know, g- giving her a hard time as a kid. I mean, you know, that's the thing. <laughs> but I do think of her every day because I think for moms, you know, they're always your mom. So it's like they're present all the time. How about your mom? My mom, her name was... Uh, oh, yeah, my, my mom's name was Rosie. Rosie Chan. Rosie Chad, what a great name. Oh, wow. My mom, her name was Josefa Serna. She died 40 years ago suddenly, and it hit me like, man, it just, it was shocking. She'd been ill, and she'd gone into the hospital. She was, she was 68. I'm 68 now. And she wasn't feeling well. My dad took her in. She... Even when we talked to her on the phone and that, she just sounded just tired. And then I got a call from my sister. And this is February and it's snowy. And uh, even in Seattle, the weather was really cold and, you know, the pass. And my mom lived, uh, my mom and dad lived in central Washington. So outside of Yakima near Wapato. And it was, you know, heavy duty snow over there. Anyway, uh, my sister called on a Sunday night and said, something's wrong. So I called and got to the hospital switchboard. They got me to the room and she answered the phone and she could barely talk. And the last words that I heard from her was, I'm sorry, I can't talk, I love you. And then I never heard from her again. And then the next, that later that night, my, my dad and I talked and I said, well, should we come over? And he goes, no, wait until the morning, I'll call you. Then he called at 6 o'clock in the morning, said, you better get here. Packed some clothes quickly, threw them into the car. Last thing I remember grabbing was a suit, a dark suit, because I don't know what it was. I had some feeling that something might not be right. And sure enough, we got there and walk into the hospital. My dad's sitting there in the waiting room with all of her clothes, and she had passed like about a half hour before we got there. So it was very, very traumatic, you know, when she passed away and uh, hit me really hard for quite a long time. My mom was a teacher in Mexico, born and raised in Mexico, Uh, met my dad there, and I think they got married in 1940, came to the States in 1946, had to start all over again and learning a, a language and culture and adapting to my dad's family and all of these things. So... She was one of these women who was, uh, she had to be flexible and she was a survivor in many ways, but miss her to this day because she just was such a huge influence in my life. 
So how about your mom? I mean, Rosie Chan. I love that name. She could be stand up there. <laughs> yeah. She was, you know, she, her parents, like my grandparents were immigrants. So she was second generation. She was born here. She was born in Portland. And that's where I grew up. Um, and so it was, you know, she grew up in the Depression era. And so, you know, they had a tough life. My grandfather did, you know, start some businesses. He started a restaurant and and he had a lot of small businesses. So the kids had to work. And my mom was sort of one of them that worked the most, right? I mean, she had she had older brothers and older sisters, uh, older sister, and they and they sort of went their own way. And my mom was kind of stuck in the middle, working with the family, helping raise her younger sisters. Um, so she really was, that's, she kind of spent her whole life taking care of other people. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and, and that's not, that's not unlike a lot of people of that generation. Right. But, uh, she didn't really talk about the past. I mean, she talked about incidents where, uh, you know, when she was young, running numbers for the lottery in Chinatown, <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, doing as she worked, they had a hand laundry. So she did some of that. So, you know, she, her life was a lot of work. So when she did retire and and just decided to stop working because she had various jobs uh, towards the end, she worked at a restaurant as a hostess at a Chinese restaurant in Portland. And, you know, she loved it because she liked, you know, talking to the customers and the people. But I think, uh, you know, she finally just decided to hang it up and, and took it easy for a while. And that was a good thing. But. You know, the one story she told me that was great is she was working at the, the family's restaurant and a bar and someone was in there drunk or something and tried to rob them. And so she grabbed a blackjack from behind the bar and went outside and waiting for the guy to come out so that she can hit him. And so the, <laughs> some, so the guy runs out and she whacks him and she realized it was his brother, her brother, <laughs> and she knocks him out. <laughs> That was the only story that really stood out for me that I thought was hilarious. Oh, gosh. Now, but I met your aunt. Was it your Aunt Betty? Yes. Yeah. and she That was, was my mom's younger sister. Okay. And she was a card. She was just, like, hilarious. Um, where oh, I, yeah. When the, when the two of them would get together, it yeah. was pretty funny. Yeah. Now, I, and I think I know where you got a lot of your humor from. <laughs> but, I mean, was your mom as humorous as her? Yeah, in her own way, she was very funny. I mean, she was funny a lot with close friends and family. I mean, because you know how it is. I yeah. mean, it's just, just siblings. And uh, it was a tight family. I think she had, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, five brothers and sisters. So there were six kids, including her. So it was wow. a big family. Yeah. My mom was the oldest in her family. Her father... And I think he was quite a bit older. I never really got the full story about him. His name was Danasio. Uh, her mother was named Delfina, and she was very close to her mom. Uh, I think that she had brothers and sisters, but as the oldest, she was really, to some extent, a bit <laughs> the head of the family. And she went to college in Mexico. She went to the University of Saltillo. In fact, I went back there, visited the university, and saw a picture of her up in the wall. I still have pictures of her from her days at uh, at that university. Also, she was on the basketball team there. Wow. She used to go shoot with us outside. She could make these. She was like a three-point shooter. <laughs> Bombs from outside. She also, when 
when she came to the U.S., the one thing about my mom, she was like a lifelong learner. So she was always trying to learn. Coming here, she was trying to learn English. She was always telling us to help her with her language and, and correct her, but try not to lose the Spanish. But she would turn things around, like web cobs and things like that. <laughs> or she'd walk up to you, like friends of mine, and she'd be speaking to them in English, and then boom, in a second, she'd be speaking to them in Spanish. And then, you know, they're looking at me, what's your mom saying? And mom, mom, you switch languages. So she she was kind of a, she was gregarious. She 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 was actually, she was the one that really was the in the family. My dad was the enforcer, but my mom was the one that, you know, if you messed up, she got into your face. And she also would throw shoes at you. She was mad. But she always waited until, like, you turned around. And then it was like she was a ninja, you know, would throw in the shoe. And I swear those things would go around corners. But um, And she had a great sense of humor. She loved to dance. She, But, you know, the learning was a big thing. And I think that's that's one thing where, that I got from her. I was in ninth grade, and she got her GED. And then she started taking college classes at the community college. So she was always reading and always, you know, trying to improve herself. She did Toastmistress <laughs> and all these things. So I think all of that uh, really had an impact on me. And I think my brothers and sisters, too, because without saying so, she was always doing. So we became a lot like her in that, you know, we we're always trying things. And then education was just uh, an important thing. So like when I went to college and well, all the ups and downs I had, I really felt this commitment well, to my dad too, but really to her to, to get through college because that was something that was so much a part of her life. And so I felt like I need to do this. I need to, no matter the challenges or whatever, I think even in my career, I mean, it was really like, you know, I got to do it for them. So yeah. that was an important thing. So did you ever feel like that? You know, it's funny. My... <laughs> My parents weren't the dragon parents, right? I mean, they weren't on me about grades. I mean, they were to some extent, but it was never kind of, you got to get a good job. You got to do this. You got to do that. I mean, they just knew I was going to find my own way. And I mean, that the one of the things that was real interesting was that my mom would watch all the TV shows I produced, always. It, it was funny because she'd always ask my wife, she'd go, she'd ask her like, what does he do? <laughs> because I think to the day she died, she really never knew what I did for a living. She knew that I did TV, but she didn't really understand what that was. Um, I mean, her role was to take care of people. And I think a lot of that has rubbed off on me. I mean, it's like, you know, the classic Chinese parrot, right? Like, have you eaten yet? Yeah. You know? I mean, so, you know, whenever you come over, there's food, you know, they're taking care of you. I mean, there wasn't anything she wouldn't do for family. And uh, and then so and that's admirable. And there's obviously parts of the family that would take advantage of that. But she always did it. You know, without a complaint, I mean, that was her thing was she, she loved to serve. Um, and so that's why I think she really enjoyed all her grandkids. I mean, all, all the grandkids knew her. She was around. Uh, she was part of their lives. So I just thought that was great because that's why I, I try to be part of my grandkids life, because that's something that's special. Now, did both your kids get to know her? Yes. That's special. I mean, that's the one thing that I wish I would have had with my kids because mom died early on, you know, 1982, and uh, fortunately they did get to know my dad really well, and, and uh, so they, they've heard a lot about her, and they, 
you know, seen pictures and they've gotten to know stories about what she was like. I I really wish she could have had a chance to meet them because she would have, well, for one thing, she would have spoiled the hell, hell out of them. That's just, you know, I think it would all yeah. moms do and definitely Mexican moms. And, you know, the eating thing, of course, she that, that was an important thing. Anytime I had friends come over or whatever, you know, are you hungry? You know, and pull out the tortillas and beans or whatever and, and then sit down and eat. The one thing that I have really appreciated about my mother is that we were all different, but she tracked us in her way. You know, she really did. I mean, <laughs> each one, she was just constantly checking on them. And when I first started working in, on radio in Seattle, at Como Radio, and I did a 2 to 11 shift, and I used to anchor from 7 to 11 at night, uh, you know, do hourly radio newscasts, and they could pick it up uh, where they lived uh, near Wapato. If she didn't hear me on the air, she immediately would call to try to find out where I was or what I was doing. And I was either sick or had taken time off. And But I learned that I needed to give her a heads up ahead of time, you know, that, okay, I'm not gonna, you're not going to hear me tonight. She was always concerned about how well you were doing. Um, and more than anything else, I think she wanted us to just to be happy and, and to also to be successful in a legal way. <laughs> and and so she, you know, dealt with all those things. And we, you know, every family has their ups and downs. Uh, but I think, you know, the one thing that I always remember about her is that she had the most stylish writing I had ever seen. And, and when she passed away, it was interesting. My sister and I were going through all the things because my dad couldn't deal with things. And she had left little notebooks in places and like in her bedroom. And in, we had this desk where they used to keep all of their bills and all of that. And she left these little notebooks telling us where everything was that we needed to you know, close accounts or deal with accounts and things like that. And it, and it was just like planning and, and had us in mind. It was just hit me that she was so prepared for those kinds of things. Oh, the other thing I found, in fact, I found this the other day, she made from my uh, kindergarten through college, she, she gave me these, these boxes and it had everything in order, like my uh, report cards, which I didn't like looking at particularly ones when I was in grade school because they weren't that great, <laughs> but uh, to, for anything she found and then she, categorized everything and she had you know like elementary school junior high high school letterman's awards all these types of things and then she one day she just gave them to me so i have all that stuff from from those days so yeah i do too my mom saved that stuff she would save newspaper clippings and things like that yeah so what about your kids what do, do they remember her much now and do they yeah they just remember her as a doting grandmother i mean she would always be there for them and you know take care of them we, you know we didn't live in the same city so that was hard but whenever she saw them you know it was it was a good time yeah i mean it, it's interesting she she was a great student in high school um and, I re and when I was in high school, I totally relied on that. I remember one time <laughs> I had a, a class, a history class, where um, the instructor, his big deal was, you know, you have to do a term paper, you know. And it was like, whoa, that's a big deal because it had to be extensive. And you had the whole, you know, half a year to work on it. 
And of course, I put it off until like three days before it was due. <laughs> and I just remember my mom, who was a really good typist, and I said, okay, here's the deal. I'm going to write it and you type it. And so we, I took a day off from school. I mean, I just skipped school. And I sat there and wrote it longhand and she would type it up as I was doing it. And we just spent the entire day doing that. Oh, cool. And and so she typed it all up for me and I turned it in and, you know, and I got an A minus on it. <laughs> so, so that says it wasn't that hard or whatever, but it was hilarious. But I do, she got me through that because she was able to type and she could spell, which is one of my downfalls. I'm the world's worst speller. So she would proofread my work. So she got, you know, she was actually got me through school a lot of ways like that yeah. because, you know, she could help me that way. Yeah. That's, that's a great memory to have. Did she chew you out about waiting until the last minute to do your work? <laughs> nope. Really? Nope. Never did. She she rarely, rarely ever got mad at me unless I did something completely stupid. I mean, even when I got in a car accident, smashed up her car, <laughs> she didn't really say anything. I, I think the one thing about my mom... I never wanted to disappoint her because, and, and if I disappointed her, I felt really bad. My dad could speak English when they came, you know, he'd, he'd spent some time in the States, but she had to come here, learn a new language. She still had a heavy accent, but she was always trying to better herself. But she had small kids come here to a new country, adapt to a family dynamic that was different, you know, going from Mexico to to the states yeah I, I can't imagine how hard that is because i i know my my parent both my parents didn't speak english when they were little because that's what their parents spoke was chinese so they get thrown into school and it's like they didn't have esl programs or that sort of thing you just kind of went in there and just you know you didn't know what's going on i mean how hard would that have been really really hard really hard my older brother and sisters you know, of course, they were little, and they adapted to learning English. But still, you you come to a whole new environment, a whole new country, and you're again having to to adapt and to learn those things. And I mean, there's no, there's maybe radio, no TV, nothing. I mean, you know, it's like, how do you learn English? Right, right. But she was very proud of uh, being Mexican, and also, oh, here's one thing about my mom. You know, today we have these. Uh, uh, commissions, you know, Commission on Hispanic Affairs and Asian American Affairs. Under Dan Evans, the governor in the state, very popular Republican governor, he established those commissions. They started under him. And she was part of the first advisory group, what was then called, I think, a Mexican-American commission. Uh, and I thought that that was one of the coolest deals. That's actually awesome. Yeah, yeah. Because later on, one of my uncles, my dad's youngest brother, became... Uh, the head of the Mexican-American Commission. And uh, and so, you know, there was a legacy there. And just the fact that, that she was part of all of that. And she was very involved and as far as, you know, helping people in the community. And, and just uh, <laughs> the other thing is that whether I liked it or not, making me go to church on Sunday, <laughs> you know, even when I came home from college, you know, I get this yell about, you know, get your butt up and we're going to go to church. And so, you know, all these memories, I just really miss her something fierce because I was a true mama's boy. 
<laughs> I mean, it is. I do miss my mom every day because what I miss is the opportunity just to pick up a phone and ask her a question about something. Yeah, yeah. Just, just yeah. the conversations. Yeah, and I, I miss that a lot because we, we had weekly conversations and I stayed in touch, always making sure that you know they're doing okay. And um, I think I, I know that when she passed because it was so sudden that it really hit me and um, it was. It took me a long time to get over that, and and I know for my father as well. You know, he he really missed her. They'd been married for forty two years, so that was really hard for him. But uh, you know, I, I feel very fortunate. I think I had a really good mom, and uh, she made great tortillas, great mole, <laughs> and I I just remember the all those things, and 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 she was fun, you know, and she cared, and I think if you have that in your life, you're pretty lucky, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So pay attention to your moms because, you know, as you're, as you're forging your career and, and see, I moved away, you know, after, once I got out of college, I wasn't home anymore. I mean, I moved to a different city and I'm sure she worried about me, yeah. but you know, but you're so busy, you don't think about it. But, you know, now I regret the times I didn't connect, but you know, that's just the way life is. So if your mom's still around, pay attention. And you know, if you can, I, I was able to do this with my father, sit your mom down if you have a video camera or you want a, a recorder and talk to her about her life and times and, and capture that history. Uh, that's one thing I re I regret that I wasn't able to do. I'm glad that I did it with my father, but I do have all those great, great memories and thoughts about her and uh, I miss her. So, moms, yeah. if you're up there with dad playing around, hey, have a good Mother's Day. And to all the moms out there, enjoy your day. We want to hear from you. Reach out to us on Twitter at Enrique Cerna and at Lofonland for me, Matt Chan. You can also email us at chinoichicano at gmail.com and check out our Chino Ichicano page on Facebook. Our theme music was composed and performed by Antonio Gomez. You can find the Chino Ichicano podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and other favorite podcast providers. Please take a listen, download, and subscribe. We are posting video versions of our podcast to YouTube. Go to search and type in Chino Ichicano to find our conversations. Take care of yourself. The pandemic is not over yet. Please get vaccinated. I'm Matt Chan, the Chino. I'm Enrique Cerna, the Chicano. We'll talk more later. Yeah.